1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, John Carlson returns to our show with a fresh look at Vancouver real estate and lots more on the 1% realty story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. When recreational marijuana is legalized in Canada next week, B.C. will be the largest jurisdiction in the country that doesn't allow ride-sharing services. That's why the National Institute for Cannabis Health and Education and Mothers Against Drunk Driving Canada are pushing the B.C. government to change that as quickly as possible, saying cannabis-impaired driving and enforcement is a significant public safety concern, and there just aren't enough options for people to stay away from impaired driving. Quote, Impaired driving, whether it's from alcohol or cannabis, is 100% avoidable. It's up to the provincial government to ensure there are a range of safe transportation options available not just downtown Vancouver but across metro Vancouver and the entire province quote closed says mad Canada that's why BC needs ride sharing the provincial government is expected to introduce legislation this fall that will act as the first step for opening the door to services like Lyft and Uber but expect absolutely nothing for at least a year as both provincial and municipal governments drag their feet on this one, lest they offend voters and especially campaign donors in the taxi industry. It's stunningly obvious why we don't have ride-sharing in B.C., and it's not for any of the reasons governments would have us believe either. Timing is always an interesting factor to observe, and with a possible serious national case of the munchies now only days away, one of Canada's big-name convenience stores is going to offer delivery in some major cities across the country. Seven Eleven has teamed up with delivery service Foodora to bring a variety of items right to consumers' doors. People can order for pickup and delivery using the Foodora app and web platform from 48 different 7-Eleven locations in Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. Now, delivery hours here in Vancouver will be Monday to Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., Thursday through Sunday from 10 a.m. to midnight. And as an introduction to this new collaborative service, 7-Eleven has created occasion kits with names like The Morning Recovery, The Achy Breaky Heart, Nurse Me, and The Feel Good. It won't be cheap, but you get the feeling this is a feature whose time has arrived. Word from the Canucks this week, there are plans in the works to retire Henrik and Daniel Sedin's jerseys. Not just anytime soon, though. Many fans have been expecting a big splashy Retire the Sweaters event sometime this year, but Canuck owner Francesco Aquilini says that will actually take place next year during the Canucks' 50th season. The boss says the party may last several days rather than a one-off night at the rink, as is fitting for the only two players in franchise history to score over a thousand points. The team is already making plans with the league for the big event, and when Hank and Danny's sweaters are hoisted to the rafters, they will join Stan Smeal, Trevor Linden, Marcus Nasland, and Pavel Bure as having their numbers officially retired. And here's an item for those with time and money on their hands, and who might be interested in buying a piece of the moon. Now, that does sound like a come on, but this time it's true. It's completely legit. 12-pound, or 5.5-kilogram lunar meteorite, found last year in Africa, validated by a number of scientists and it's going out for sale next week at boston's rr auctions one of the largest moon items ever offered for sale now the meteorite would be a nice addition to any natural history museum but don't be too surprised if a private collector snaps it up says auctioneer bob livingston this is the only way a private collector can get their hands on a piece of the moon because the moon rocks brought back by the astronauts other the property of the U.S. government. So how much? They're pretty confident this will fetch at least a half a million U.S. Interested? Bidding closes October 18th. Lots more at rrauction.com. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll have a few more later in the hour. But coming up next is John Carlson from 1% Realty with an update on our Vancouver real estate market. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this lovely Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, and joining me in studio from 1% Realty is John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation. Hello, John. Welcome back. Thank you, Sterling. Good afternoon. It's good to have you with us in this mid-October, beautiful fall day. My gosh, Vancouver looks good at this time of year. The trees that just take your breath away some days. I
2: love it. I want it to last and last. Stay away from the rain. Well, I know, and we get a few days of the good stuff here. A
1: really good time of year, and you brought this up on many occasions. Spring is typically the
2: peak season in terms of housing activity, but fall is a close second, right? Absolutely. I think traditionally the market, you know, gets busy in the spring as the weather gets better and people's minds turn towards maybe buying and selling, that sort of thing. Uh, And sometimes the summer can take a little bit of a a break and Mm -hmm. slow down. I mean, The market the last five years has not necessarily been traditional, so it's pretty much been full tilt boogie the whole time, but uh, you know, this summer things did slow down a little bit, and traditionally, September, October, November are the months where uh, people who are still serious about real estate are getting back into it, It and maybe listing or looking for a property. So, yeah, if you're looking at selling or buying, this would probably be one of the busier times until next spring.
1: Interesting. Now, uh, this kind of flies in the face, and this is based on two decades plus of experience in the real estate business, so John knows what he's talking about, But this, for many people listening to us right now, kind of flies in the face of some of the headlines we've been seeing in recent days. And we always begin our chats on this program, John, with you providing us with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update. And some of the news, well, you just said the last five years have been extraordinary right. Right. and we can't sustain extraordinary indefinitely. So now we're kind of coming back to earth a little bit and sales activity is down from a year ago. But keep Keeping in mind, you and I were talking about this a year ago, and it was pretty stratospheric a year ago. It's just not anymore.
2: It's not, and, you know, the press is catching it, uh, and people are talking about it, and it's becoming sort of common knowledge that the real estate market has changed. And, you know, there are a number of reasons for this. We talked about this last time we were on the show, but it's always good to sort of to bring these sort of things up. It's a little harder to borrow money now with the stress test. So some of the air has been taken out of the tires on that front. Sure, uh, Consumer confidence has changed with some of the provincial government measures, uh, interest rates, all these talks. You know, I think what's happened is if you look statistically at the market in September that we just went through, uh, you know, I think it was down 30 or 40% over mm-hmm. last year at the same time. So that shows a big change in terms of the number of people willing to put down their money and buy real estate. Because the number of listings are still there, there's even more than there were last year, but the buyers have stepped back a little bit. Not that the market's crashing, but I think you know, reasonably uh, buyers looking to buyers saying, hey, is it the right time? If I get a good deal now, You know, is it the right time to buy? So I think consumers uh, looking to buy real estate are getting a little pickier. They're getting more patient, and they want to make sure that they're getting the right deal. Uh, They're getting much more value conscious uh, compared to maybe a year and two years ago when the whole goal was to just see if you could get the you know your offer accepted out of the group of offers that was being presented. Sure, totally different story now. And I tell people when they when they meet me and they want to talk about the market and get my opinions of value, I let them know right away that the market is still there, but it's not too to deliver the same results that it did last year. And we need to look at what the conditions are this year and then come up with a strategy on the best way to go forward. Now, you use the word crashing. That's a media
1: word that describes, or in sensational terms, uh, the correction that the market is undergoing right now. Correction being the industry term and the one the banks use. They don't like e- e- exotic, hard uh, reference words like crash. They say there is a correction occurring. It's not just in Vancouver. It's right across Canada. However, it's more noticeable in Vancouver because there are more contributing factors, and you've mentioned a couple of them. Some initiatives by the provincial government to, in many ways, discourage people, and plus we've got, of course, those rising interest rates, and John, it's entirely possible before this month ends, we could see another increase in Canadian rates. Again, all of these factors contribute to people going Geez, is it the right time? And there are two groups, of course, that we're talking about here, the buyers and the sellers. Now, the buyers, as you've already pointed out, are sitting on the sidelines going, this is good. Prices are starting to come to me. I'm liking this a lot. However, on the other side of that fence, John, are the sellers. What about people who are in selling mode but are reluctant to commit right now because this correction business
2: is kind of throwing them off. They don't know how to deal with it. Well, that's a great question and I think uh, it comes down to the personal situation of whoever's thinking of selling. Uh, again, I talk to, to a lot of people and uh, I'll hear some of their stories and their motivations and why they want to sell and they ask me for my advice right. and, and my opinions and I always just tell the truth as I understand it. Uh, so I would tell someone uh, who has a strong motivation to sell, like sometimes there's a job opportunity and you need to go and if you don't sell, I mean so that's a no-brainer. You're in a you're in the market, you sell in the market you're in. Right. Other times people are upsizing. I mean, I've got a young family looking to uh, sell a townhouse and move into a house. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the, the market saying, you know what, you might not get, or you won't get probably, what your neighbor got with the same unit last year. You're going to get a lesser amount, but that house that you're looking at spent another 400000 The good news is that's come down at least twice as much. Sure. So Sometimes there are great times to, to move and buy. Other times... People don't have the motivation to hit the market right now. Maybe you're a development property and the investors have backed off a little bit. And you're kind of thinking, hmm, well, maybe, maybe rather than sell at a much reduced price, maybe it's smarter to wait a year or two and just see if that development, you know, those investors, because investors are sophisticated buyers. Of course. And they read the market and like any buyer or any seller... The most important thing is understand the environment you're going to be operating in. If you decide to go on the market, be ready to understand where you probably should be price-wise compared to your competition and have a good strategy to hit the ground running because there are a number of listings out there that, that just haven't sold or been on the market a while. And, and you as a seller need to understand this is the situation. And if you have a certain need or desire to make a move in the near future, this is probably your best course of action. And then you weigh the factors and, and make your decision. But I will tell people the market hasn't fallen off a cliff. Right. There's still sales going on. I've got listings. I've got sales. Mm-hmm. I'm busy. But just understand that it's not... Uh, uh, you know, where people are dumping their wallets upside down and pouring all the money they can on the table to buy your home because they're extremely excited and they're scared they're not going to get a house, those days are over.
1: Right. Well, it's important that we, we repeat this. I mean, it's not the happiest news to point up, but as you say, you, you you sell into the market that exists and the market is changing and continues to change and is likely to stay that way for for quite a while, given the fact that we had this acceleration beyond peak up into the, into the rarefied air that we've lived in for the past few years, especially... Especially in Vancouver, Metro Vancouver. I mean, those, those prices and that kind of activity can't be sustained indefinitely. So, as you say, the days of, oh, getting a real estate sign, pounding it into the front lawn, and watching the parade form on the street in front of your house are gone. And aren't likely
2: to return for quite some time. That's right. And, and back to the phrase a crash versus correction. Yeah, I can only give you my opinions, but you know, like a good stock that might start to become undervalued at some point in time, if prices go down far enough, there are people on the sidelines with money who like the Greater Vancouver area who are ready to jump back in. Sure. And that's why I'm not really uh, anticipating any sort of crash. However, uh, situations have changed and financing rules have changed and the ability uh, to buy have changed. And so I I think we're going to continue seeing a market where prices continue to adjust. Right. And here's a quote from
1: uh, the Greater Vancouver uh, Real Estate Association, uh, their chief economist. Quote, the impact on affordability and purchasing power caused by the mortgage stress test and moderately higher interest rates are negating the effect of the extraordinarily strong performance of B.C.'s economy. Economy over the last five years, close quote. That's Cameron Muir. And that's what you've just said. Basically, uh, you can't you can't live at this level forever. Sooner or later, things have to correct. And that's all we're seeing right now. And again, we have to repeat the fact, as we do constantly every year. Regardless of the economic circumstances, every year, 30,000 more new people come to the lower mainland looking for a place to live. Not all of them are going to buy houses, but a good percentage of them are. Thus, the constant demand that you just talked about, John. That's right.
2: The market is still there. It's a living, breathing organism that, you know, it grows, it shrinks, it has its ups and downs, and and we're just seeing more of that. So uh, the market is still there. If you're thinking of selling, you probably need a good agent on your side, and that's why I'm here, to let people know that they have some options.
1: right. Well, let's uh, let's talk to a couple of people or hear from a couple of people, Ben Dooley, that uh, uh, have uh, worked with John recently successfully in selling their houses, and we've got a few of John's clients to, to hear from over the course of the hour, and we'll begin in Maple Ridge. Here's Carl. Uh, he's he's someone,
3: that, uh, has been, uh, someone that has been someone that has been referred to us uh, from past work that he has done, and we felt that uh, he was the right person to contact to assist us. In the process that we were going to do, well, we, we the first thing that we felt we felt that he was a very professional and very uh, organized person, and he, he understood the market value, and also he was he was eager to work with the uh, client. So that's what we felt the most. The, 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 the We we understood we understood what what it would entail regarding you know percentage, but that was never the main factor. The main factor we believe in him. We believe in his service. We believe his professionalism, and we we believe that he would deliver the service, which he did. That's why we we went that way. Because we we never look at the uh, the percentage. We look at the person and the person that did the work and how he delivered. It, we we had no issue. We knew that he would deliver. So that was the main thing. We 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 went we went to talk to him because of his uh, potential and his knowledge. Uh, he is very knowledgeable, very open mind. Uh, easy to dialogue, um, very organized, uh, very professional. He has a good team of people, resources. So overall, with with working with someone like him, you are getting a full package.
1: There we go. There's Carl in Maple Ridge. Uh, tell us about Carl's situation. Was it a house, a townhouse, a condo? What did you help him sell?
2: Well, first of all, thank you, Carl. <laughs> I have really? heard that before. Yes, this is new to me. And uh, we just uh, uh, Carl and Noriko, the house in Maple Ridge in the okay. million dollar range. Uh, we just had that sell and firm up just a, just a couple of days ago. And uh, you know, listening to that again for the first time, uh, I, I realized Carl said something about he wasn't really that concerned about the savings and commission. Right. Because I was. I was surprised by that, frankly. He just appreciated your the quality of service, John. And I think that's wonderful because really my goal again is to save people money, but to provide top quality service. I'm not cutting corners. I mean, sometimes people think, oh, you charge less, so you're going to do less, or yeah. we're going to get a lesser agent. And when I moved from one of the bigger companies to One Percent Realty back in 2010, that was what I—that was my main concern. I'm not going to cut corners. I'm not going to give reduced service. I'm just going to reduce my fees and let people come to me. So, another thing that occurred to me with Carl and Noriko, their home was in very, very nice condition. Everything was done perfectly. They didn't cut any corners when they renovated that home, and. It was in fantastic shape. And, And now I listen to them realize that, you know, these are people who they don't mind saving money, but what they want to make sure is they get top. Notch service, and they get the right results. And so, thank you for saying that, Carl. It was great working for you and Noriko. I was lucky to be involved, and uh, it's wonderful to know that you're happy. And uh, if anyone else would like that kind of experience, they can go to my website or give me a call, and I'm happy to come and talk to them.
1: Uh, just as just because now my curiosity is is all round up here. So yes. just because
2: Carl didn't tell us, how much money did you save him? Oh, I haven't done the math yet, but uh, you know, it might have been ten or twenty thousand dollars. I'd have to see.
1: Right. Yeah. Again, but then that's the one percent business model, and it's interesting that this is probably the first client that we've heard from on this program that wasn't uh, uh, didn't move to you and 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 look you up because of the, of the money they knew they were going to save. This was a fellow who wanted a really good, experienced realtor. First and foremost, and if I save any money in the process, so much the better. Really interesting approach, John.
2: That is nice. And uh, I'll have to find out who, who gave me the recommendation to Carl and Rico and thank them because that, that was wonderful. And, and you know, it made, it made me smile because there are all kinds of people out there. I just met a fellow the other day. We got a, a condo in, uh, in Coquitlam, and we listed it nice and price-wise. we got an offer on already, but he was the opposite. He said to me, John, I've already been to your website. I know that you're going to save me money and get it sold. That's all I care about. You're the cheapest in town, and you get it done. Well, and and you know, uh, I'm su- I'm not
1: surprised to hear that because it's it's part of what we talk about a lot, uh, and and the, if you can save yourself ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a transaction uh, and not compromise any of these services or the way that the the whole arrangement is handled, why on earth wouldn't you? But it's, it's just a pleasant surprise to hear someone who just wanted a top notch, experienced agent to get the job done well. And
2: the fact that he saved a whole lot of extra money is just pure bonus as far as Carl was concerned. And so much the better. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's the Johnny 1% recipe. I mean, full service at a fraction of the price. And, uh, you know, getting referred from clients who've already experienced it and been happy. So if that's what I want to do. Go to my website and check it out.
1: There it is. Uh, Johnny1%.com is the website. Or .ca. It works either way. johnny one com or .ca. Or give John a call at 604-612-0080. We'll repeat that number if you didn't get a chance to write it down and have lots more on 1% Realty with John Carlson after the news. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this lovely Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson from 1% Realty and Johnny1%.ca. One Percent John, uh, before the break, you just sort of broke the, the ground on the whole discussion about the 1% business model. We were talking, uh, we heard from one of your clients, Carl, out there in Maple Ridge uh, that you sold a home for uh, recently. And Carl said he wasn't particularly, he didn't care a great deal about the 1% business model as much much, at least, as the quality of service that he received. He was more interested in that than the actual saving the money part, which surprises both Ben and me because (laughs) I would be most impressed by the saving money part first and take it from there. However, you know, each homeowner to his or herself. So let's talk a little bit more about the 1% business model because you worked for one of the other outfits before you moved to 1% Realty that typically charge $7. and two and a half. uh, Those are sort of accepted rates, uh, generally speaking. And then you move to a business model that essentially cut your income in half. So clearly, that was a, a, a business decision that took more than a few hours to come up to. So why did you do it? And why do you
2: continue to stay with that business model? Great question. And, um, you know, there there are different business models out there. Not everybody charges 7% and 2.5 and of the balance, but it's very common. Yeah. That's the most common, let's face it. Uh, so it was really a nice compliment when I heard Carl's testimonial and, and you know, say that he was more interested in having a, a good solid agent and that I'd been referred to him. You know, that's a compliment mm-hmm. because, you know, in my business, of course I want to save people money. But if you charge less commission and you don't do a good job, you're probably not saving anybody anything. Right. Um, so I'll tell people that. You know, the savings is one part of it, but without having a good solid agent who knows how to get the job done and cares enough to do the job to get it done, the commission rate savings wouldn't really matter. So again, thank you, Carl. That is exactly how I set up my business. And looking at Carl and nerico 's house, I can tell they're very quality minded. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know that people don't just want to save money. They want a good agent. And that's why I'm here to tell people you can do both. Uh, you can have an agent that does a lot of sales with a lot of history and a lot of uh, good work ethic. And save you money if you go to 1% Realty. And I'm one of the agents there, as you mentioned. I spent years at other companies and learned the craft there. And those are good companies. And there's good agents at those companies. But what I offer people is an opportunity to work with one of the top sellers in Greater Vancouver, and uh, who also happens to charge a lot less than the majority of the competition.
1: And it's, it, it, it comes down to that simple. But then, of course, a lot of people, the nagging question is, because this is the Vancouver Consumer Show. Yes. And we educated, sophisticated, uh, new millennium kind of com, com, well consumers know our stuff. Yes. And we do a lot of homework. The Internet is, uh, is a joy. Yes. Uh, and so we are instantly suspicious when yes. someone says, I can do the same job as that guy, except I can do it for considerably less money that you get to keep in your pocket. People go... Well, it sounds great, but you know, my my mind is tuned to if you pay less you get less. So let's blow
2: that myth up. Well, I love that because I, thank you for bringing it up because that's what I face on a day-in, day-out basis. People want to save money. They want a good agent. They're not really sure, though, how can this work. And when I put myself in the position of a consumer, you know, in my mind, there's, there's kind of two ways that you can have a cheaper service or product. One way would be to, uh, I don't know, hire some kids somewhere in some other country and, and just have a sweatshop and make a terrible product and not care about it right. and just sell it cheaper. You know, I'm generalizing. Uh, and that's not what i do obviously i would not want to do that nobody would want to work with me if if that's what i were doing but there are other ways uh, you know in an industry that has maybe some room for innovation that's been the same way for 20 30 40 years that's been charging the same rates even though house prices have doubled or tripled or more in some areas mm-hmm. and the number of r- realtors and agents has tripled maybe since i started 21 22 years ago i believe that uh, y- in that sort of a situation, I think a person can be innovative. They can come up with a different business model. My business model really uh, centers around volume. I do a lot of volume. I sell a lot of homes. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me active. And it lets me give better value to my sellers. Um, oftentimes in real estate, you know, I, I don't know, the average agent might sell three or four or five or six houses a year, depending on the year. They're not that many. And you might spend, if you're the average agent, a lot of time and money looking for your next bit of business. Mm -hmm. It's very competitive. Where in my business model, I'm just getting referred, I'm working with people, I'm giving people advice, people who want to list with me and and list reasonable and take on a job. I'm there. I'm ready to go. Uh, So my business model, again, is to be on the ball and do the volume and, and make it easy by simply just telling the truth as I understand it to all my clients and giving good advice and being in touch with them. So I will suggest in this business that you can get better value and you don't have to sacrifice uh, based on the business model of me and 1% Realty. Especially because the times they are a change and we 've discussed it
1: uh, uh, at length on this program, and we continue to on every program that you join us, and every time there's a different a slightly different take on what 's going on, and the only way that you can you can rise above all of that and succeed is to have someone who gets what 's going on who's per- perhaps a member of the president's Club, which was a rather unique and, and limited group of people, the top one percent of all all real estate agents belong to the President's Club. John was uh, brought back into the, the fold again last year. Wasn't your first go-round in the President's Club either. You're a very busy, very experienced guy. And the more experience you can draw on as either a buyer or a seller yes. in changing times, yes.
2: the more likely you are to succeed. Absolutely. And and that's why, I mean, again, talking to commission about commission... Is that the deciding factor on how good an agent is? I'm going to say not necessarily. Right. No. So, I mean, uh, to go back to it, yes, uh, saving money is great, but you want an agent who does a lot of business, uh, you know, or hopefully knows the area they're working in well enough and has enough experience to know how to handle offers and objections and problems. Because, you know, the deals get a little kinkier now when the market slowed down. Buyers sure. are a little less forward to just throw themselves out there, and they're being a little more cautious. Mm-hmm. So. You know, a good agent, I think, can usually help stick handle, you know, and get those problems sorted out um, for you as a seller. And if you save money, great. All right, let's hear from another of uh, John's clients. Let's hear from Marjorie
1: this time.
0: Uh, he sold a unit in our building in the spring, and uh, yeah, he got a good price for it. So I thought when we were going to sell our place, I would give him a try. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it. Him and his wife. Uh, I interacted mostly with him and his wife, and, you know, she took all the photos, and they're beautiful photos, and, you know, everything was really easy. And, I mean, they organized lots of uh, showings by appointment, and we had a few offers in the first week, and we accepted one of them, and we got our asking price. So it was really, really amazing for, uh, since the market had softened a bit, that we got what we wanted really quickly and obviously one percent realty is also cheaper to use so that means more profit for us
1: that's some nice words from marjorie for you there john now
2: what uh, part of town does marjorie live in yes and thank you i want to say thanks to marjorie and chris for working with me it was you know wonderful to get the call and to work for you and it happened kind of quick uh, Marjorie and Chris are in a, a condo in New Westminster downtown. Okay. All right, yeah, so two bedroom condo, uh, just a little over four hundred thousand dollar range. Still a very good segment in the market. We had good action right away on it. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it didn't take very long at all. No, so it's all about pricing, right? Isn't it, Mister Experienced Real Estate Guy? Well, that's part of it. And, you know, I don't talk about the uh, situation of sellers, but I think Marjorie mentioned they were moving out of the country. Yes. And this was something that was not a, hey, maybe we'll sell, maybe we won't sell. And we met about a month before we listed. We talked about price, and then we met again closer to the listing time. And it turned out that some of the competition we'd compared ourselves to a month earlier was still on the market, but had dropped price a little bit. Uh So based on that, we made a decision to be, uh, you know, right in there with them a slight bit less. And we kind of counted on, you know, the savings and commission to, to all help balance things out. So they price a little bit less. Then we got multiple offers and got more than the list price. So in the end result, I think that, you know, I'm glad they're happy. I'm definitely happy. Uh, And they got a good price. As Marjorie said, they got what they wanted in this weaker market. And that's what I'm all about. Producing results for my clients.
1: Well, you know, and it's interesting because you're talking now about meeting them at one point and then a month later meeting again and adjusting the price after only a one month gap i 'm talking about evaluations and appraisals and that kinds of things and and to anyone who might be interested in selling their home at this moment, uh, uh, how recent is the last good number these people received, or is any number these days short of a couple of weeks old? Just not relevant anymore.
2: Well, I don't know if numbers a couple of weeks or not relevant. The market's not tanking, but the market is it's adjusting. It's changing, It yeah. is definitely changing. And, and for instance, like we'll talk about this example. We met a month prior. We looked, we came up with what we thought. Hey, this might be a good list price. We're not quite ready yet. And, you know, let's look at it in another month. Sure. They called me back and I brought the evidence again. I said, well, here's, you know, remember this one that we kind of compared to. And then now this one's now still in the market, but it's now 10,000 less than it was. Right. And, and this one's down. And, and there are no sales in this segment. And there are 17 listings. Something like this, right? So we talked about what is the best strategy. And and this is something that you know we, we talked about. And I think that this makes sense for a lot of sellers. If you have to sell right now and you know that the market's not what it used to be, Maybe if you hire me or somebody at 1% Realty, you can soften that blow a bit. Maybe you can be $10,000 cheaper than your neighbor Mm -hmm. and get the sale where your neighbor doesn't, but still net the same amount of money or more because you're saving on commissions. That's right. These are all ways that, you know, but when it comes right down to it, Chris and Marjorie, Awesome to work with. They gave me a listing that I could work with, uh, and I'm just I'm thrilled to be involved and to hear that testimonial. Thanks so much. Awesome working. For well, I've you. got
1: another one lined up, but I'm just I'm on uh, johnny dot com right now, and right on the top of the page with uh, sell your home uh, and uh, evidence savings results. There's a green button to request free market evaluation, and I would recommend to anyone listening that perhaps pressing that green button and getting an update on the real number today on what your house might be worth in a sales situation is step one and a critical step one be be current right yes, john absolutely know your market okay now one more client to hear from and this is a fellow from uh burnaby and his name is will
4: well i do listen to uh, nw from time to time and i happen to uh be tuned in on one of the consumer shows there, so I thought, well, I'll, uh, you know, I'd listen to that, and, and I'm uh, kind of a proponent of the uh, 1%, that was, um, you know, and, and John's uh, portrayal on the show uh, uh, there with his partner um, there of what they could do and, and the experience they have, so I decided to give uh, Johnny 1% a try. Uh, I was telling my mother's home in since she's transitioned to a care home, and um, so we decided to put that on the market and uh, prepare it and, and uh, get it listed. And I ended up uh, asking John to uh, help us through that process. You know, he was, you know, very helpful in walking us through all the details, you know, especially in this challenging market. You know, when I had compared other realtors in the standard uh, seven and two and a half, and in fact, one realtor that I had interviewed just prior to John uh, as well just to get an idea here and some comparative uh, services offered uh, was uh, requesting seven and three uh, percent and uh, so that made a difference on the sale of this home compared to that value uh, that inflated value of uh, probably uh, you know seventeen to eighteen thousand dollars but even comparing it to somebody in the the uh, you know, seven and two and a half, uh, you know, the savings were still, uh, you know, close to that uh, $15,000, $16,000 range.
1: Well, there's Will in Burnaby. Uh, give us some details about uh, the work you did for Will. Thanks, Will. And, 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 and his brother, Paul. And ben, by the way, from Ben and me, Will, thanks for listening to the program. Uh, happy, to, happy to have
2: helped you find John and, and get things sold. Absolutely. That's what we're all about here. And again, thank you, Will and, and Paul. Uh, this is one of the many sales I've had l- lately where it involves power of attorney or estate type thing. He and we'll talk more about that next time around yeah. because I want to spend more time on that too. Well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we'll bring that up. But yeah. um, you know, I got the call from Will, uh, talked to his family, saw the property. We talked about the market. We came up with a strategy. We did photos. We did 3D tours. We promoted on this show. We had the open house. We actually had to go through a few offers before we got that one was any good. And then we had one fall apart, so we got a second offer. Offer. And, you know, it was just good to work for them. I'm glad I saved the money. Great family to work for. The property showed well. And again, I was just lucky to be involved. I'd love to repeat this process with others out there. Give me a call. Go All to right. my website.
1: Tell us now. You, you, do how you have some working, actively working for people this weekend. You've got a couple of open houses to tell us about, John.
2: Well, I've got one open house for tomorrow, Sunday. And this is in Maple Ridge. Uh, this house is going to be open Sunday, 2 to 4. And the address is two three eight five three one zero five 105 Avenue. And this is down by the uh, the sports park, uh, you know, in Kanaka area. Beautiful spot. List price is eight ninety nine nine. This house is built in about two thousand quality build, uh, concrete tile roof, uh, three bedrooms up, two bedrooms down. It's got a uh, you know a separate room that could easily be a basement suite. Top notch finishing. Come and see it Sunday. It's definitely worth it. I've got another new hot listing in Maple Ridge. This one is just now hitting the market today, We'll probably just to have photos up today. Okay. It's listed at eight eighteen eight one eight. It's one two two zero eight two hundred and thirty Street. And again, this is Maple Ridge, three doors down from Harry Hoog Elementary School, private yard. It's got a legal suite, a TRU, Temporary Residential Unit. Get your income there. Kids walk to school. Come and see me this weekend. All the details, friends, at johnny1percent.com. He's
1: finished, so you can actually give him a call and get into it with him. 604-612-0080. 604-612-0080. John Carlson, we'll catch up to you in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about estate sales, among other things, and get a fresh update from you. Thanks, Sterling. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson from 1% Realty for another informative visit. Next week, we'll talk women's fashions with the folks from After Five at Oak Ridge. And Angela Calla will come back and bring along her new book, The Mortgage Code, to talk about how to avoid costly mistakes and save money. It's time now for Duly Noted. And this time, our producer, Ben Dooley, looks at a warning about mole traps in
5: Steveston. Thanks, Sterling. The Richmond RCMP is investigating after a number of potentially dangerous pest traps were discovered in an assistive neighborhood. Jonard Janolino, who discovered the traps on Thanksgiving Monday, initially mistook them for leg leghole traps. What he was actually looking at were mole traps, spring-loaded traps with iron jaws meant to be planted in mole holes. We saw something on the ground. It had caution tape on it, it looked like wiring. So then my friend, she looked at it, it's like, oh my God, it's a trap. It was one of two traps found on Moncton Street, across from the busy Steeston Community Center. Janelino said he and his friend picked up the trap and were in the process of heading to the local community policing center when they ran into RCMP officers disarming the second trap. I was actually really shocked for someone to put it there uh, and especially in a high, high volume area where there's a lot of foot traffic, a lot of pets. RCMP say they are investigating, but so far there are no suspects. I'm Ben Julie. And that's duly noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a
1: couple more consumer quickies before we go. It's in. Flu vaccine is beginning to arrive at pharmacies and clinics all over BC. And just in time, a new study published this week in Clinical Infectious Diseases says pregnant women are less likely to be hospitalized for the flu if they've received the flu shot. This is the latest evidence in support of influenza vaccines, which for decades have faced unsubstantiated claims that they are unsafe. Based on data collected from 2 million pregnant women between 2010 and 2016, researchers in Canada, the States, and Australia found that the influenza vaccine reduced an expectant mother's risk of flu-associated hospitalization by an average of 40%. A lot of women are really scared to get anything during their pregnancy, so they're afraid to get vaccines, says the study's co-author, Jeffrey Kwong, who's a scientist with Public Health Ontario, who goes on to say... But women who are pregnant are more likely to be hospitalized if they get influenza. The study is co-authored by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and found that more than 80% of the pregnancies analyzed fell within the flu season, underscoring the risks that women face during pregnancy. Flu illness is especially dangerous for pregnant women whose immune systems, hearts, and lungs are undergoing changes resulting in increased vulnerability to the flu. And despite volumes of research that declare the vaccine is safe. Only about half of pregnant women reported getting the flu shot during recent seasons in the States, and Canadian numbers are roughly the same. Are you a white-knuckle flyer, the person who hates to fly, but does it anyway, knowing how quickly it will be over? Well, our airport, YVR has a little something new just for you. In partnership with the Canadian Mental Health Association, YBR has launched the Fly Calm initiative, complete with website, which offers information on navigating the airport, breathing exercises, and other relaxation tips, and even an adult coloring book, which you can pick up at in an info kiosk at the airport. It's all about reducing stress and enhancing the travel experience flycom.ca is a great place for the nervous flyers in your life and that is our show for this week produced by ben dooley with andrew ferrera handling the technical details you can reach us anytime at sterling at cknw.com or tweet us at van consumer i'm sterling fox join us again next saturday at two for another edition of vancouver consumer right here